0: A podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is made by the spin-off with help from Callaghan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host,
1: Simon Pound.
0: Women make up about 10% of all tradespeople in New Zealand, with only about 4% of those being hands-on-the-tools workers. It's a wild fact, and an industry crying out for workers, with many barriers stopping more non-men joining. Some women have spoken of the culture in the trades as an issue, some safety concerns on solo call-outs, but there is really no reason in 2021 that there are so few non-dudes getting into things like being electricians. And if you want to get someone out to your house to do a job, where would you even begin if you wanted to be sure you got someone other than a guy? That was a question Emma Kanyuk started thinking about after having some work done on her home and realised the vast majority of the tradies who turned up were men. So where were the women? She started keeping and sharing a list of at first female and then gender diverse tradies The demand was out there, but the service wasn't. So around her day job, as half of one of Aotearoa's best design studios, Akin, you have definitely seen her work on things like Kama Cola or EcoStore bottles, and her other pet project, Dog Dog Dog, she decided to start an online directory. It's called Tradespeople. It lists companies owned and run by women and gender diverse tradespeople around the country, and it's going great guns. To talk the journey, her work, and the state of it all, Emma Kanyuk joins us now. Kia ora, thank you for being here.
1: Kia ora, Simon.
0: Hey, so take take me back to the beginning there. How how was it that you kind of found the, kind of the rot in the industry from, from the rot in your house?
1: <laughs> That's a good pun. Um,
0: <clears throat> coming, in, coming in hot.
1: <laughs> so I really came um, to this project from the customer side. I had some work done on my home, um, unplanned maintenance, which as we all know is the best kind. Originally, I thought I was painting my house uh, and then it became a reclad job. And I didn't know any builders. So for me, it was about using a directory. And I hired a number of tradies, um, maybe some who I should have vetted better, but I'm not really sure how easy it is to do that. Um, and I had a really mixed experience. Some people were really great and others were intimidating and uh, tried to take advantage of me. And so I really reflected on that. Um, for me, it was annoying, but I thought for anyone feeling vulnerable, that for, for any reason really, um, that, that perhaps that experience would be really frightening. Um, it's in your home, and it's invariably people that you don't know. Um, I thought about two things um, from that experience. Surely there's a better, more respectful way, but also where are the women? And I wondered that because of all the people I hired, only one wasn't a guy.
0: Yeah, that's... That's wild. Only one, not a guy. And so, what did you do then? Like, um, how did you go about finding the non guy suppliers?
1: Um, good question. So, that kind of became a, lo- a, a line of inquiry for me for a year. I spent my evenings on um, Instagram and Googling and um, looking at existing networks and trying to find out whether women were in the trades. Um, and what I found was that there weren't many but no one knew about them um, even if they were in there. So that insight really came from um, a a range of Facebook groups that I'm uh, connected into where people were often asking um, after female lawyers or GPs and there would be so many recommendations. And then if anyone asked, do you know a female builder or electrician, it was crickets, Actually, nobody knew of any. Um, So I realised there wasn't a need out there and unofficially I had this list and that list started being shared around um, and so from there I uh, really just kind of sat on that for a while um, and then COVID lockdowns happened and I had a bit of free time and I thought I should do something with this so that's really how it started. And what did you
0: go and do? So, so yeah t- tell us what Tradespeople does and how you put it together.
1: Um so tradespeople is um, a directory of businesses who are run or owned by women and gender diverse people uh, and it connects them to customers around the country looking for repairs or maintenance um, or to start new projects mostly within the home um, but we also kind of cover automotive as well and some periphery projects. Uh, and um, it took me maybe about eighteen months to really build the site. It sits in a weird space between being a business and a community project and I really struggled to find any funding for it. Um, Partially because funding is a whole different world to navigate and I've never had to navigate that before. Um, There's investment, there's funding. I was always slightly behind um, on funding rounds or weren't aware of them until they were already released or finished. Um, Investment through COVID kind of... I guess, moved into different directions. Um, so to date, it's completely self-funded, which in a way was, a dir- was quite a driver for me, um, being told no so many times, I just became quite compelled to do it anyway. Uh, and I really believed in the project. So um, that's kind of where it started. Uh, I, being a designer, was able to build kind of the brand and do the strategy around it which is super helpful, um, and kind of interrogate it as a project, and then I brought on Sarah and Ellie from Made Studio, who are a a web development team. Um, And they really kind of pushed it around with me and really interrogated it and made it what it is. Um, Without them, I think uh, it wouldn't be how you see it, but what it is is actually at the moment is still very much in a beta form. Um, We really wanted to deliver value early uh, and uh, get it out there and test it because some of that live testing is what will um, create the project that it will be going forward it's only been six months so it's very it's a new baby and tell me
0: about the kind of the listings you have and so you've got like people across the the whole country uh, and, and across those things so what's the experience of someone going online at the moment
1: so the experience online is very simple I've, I really wanted to make it as easy as possible it's um categorised under location and then type of trade. So you really just filter where you are and then what you're looking for. Um, There are lots of holes still in that directory as we're building it out. Um, As I said, and as you said, the the percentages are so low actually, um, and finding these people has been super hard. And actually I probably have maybe double the amount of people or women who I know are in the industry Um, that uh, then are on the directory and that's because they're so busy and quite a few of them have declined to be on it right now because they're like I can't take on extra work. Wow and having
0: you know kind of explored this area for a couple of years now what have you found like what are the reasons that there is this absolutely bananas small number of Women and gender diverse people working in this industry that is a huge part of the economy, crying out for workers. And there shouldn't really be any kind of, you know, physical or cultural barriers to actually go and be an electrician as a, a, a woman in 2021.
1: Yeah, there's really little encouragement for women to enter an industry where they're seen as less capable than their male ca- counterparts, if they're seen at all. Um, and then there's the usual issues that you can imagine, ingrained attitudes that aren't always welcoming. Um, And it's an industry built on networks, so it can feel very much like a boys' club from the outset. Um, So, yeah, that makes it quite hard, I think.
0: What about the the culture? Like, you know, the the idea of construction workers or something, wolf whistling everyone, isn't quite as kind of aggressively sexist as it was. But, you know, you can still see in um, lots of places, you know, calendars with... um, you know, busty woman on them and all the rest of it. So it's hardly um, completely (laughs) modern either. Like, what's the culture like as a barrier?
1: I've been told the calendars have been removed, but I don't have full proof of that. I mean, I guess I am dealing with a subset of the industry uh, and they're amazing and strong and um, super ambitious and motivated and some quite amazing piece about this project is i was quite nervous about starting it in terms of the backlash it might receive from an industry that has been seen as male dominated for so long and actually i've been really welcomed and there's been no bad well to date, we'll see um there's been no bad feedback through um either emails or in anecdotal conversations so uh i yeah i have a lot of hope that things are changing
0: who are your customers? What kind of people are drawn to this service?
1: Everyone is probably my short answer. Um, in that it is for everyone and it can be for anyone. Uh, in terms of who it's attracted, I think uh women obviously, um, are probably a key target audience and have been the most supportive. And I guess I would split that into maybe two categories. Uh, women who love supporting fellow women in business, um, and then people who have had experiences um that haven't been kind in the past or are vulnerable for any number of reasons um and are just looking for a safer way to have work done within their home. You must
0: hear some you know horrendous stories from people I imagine about why why they come to the service, like you know you can think of so many times of people saying that um. You know, maybe the woman in a relationship called up to get her tyres done and got a quote that was twice as much as when her husband then called up and the like. There's there's a lot of um, non-equal treatment out there.
1: Yeah, um, there's an interesting statistic that popped up um, a few years ago in a gender intelligence study undertaken by Double Denim, Um, and I'll quote them. Uh, They said, um, women influence 80% of consumer purchasing decisions. They were in charge as they shopped for food, clothes, home renovations, insurance, often presiding over household budgets and determining spending priorities. Yet, they believed tradies and car dealers didn't treat them as well as men and neither did lawyers, banks and real estate agents. These services were often dismissive and patronising, perhaps assuming women had less money and control than male clients. And so that's, I guess, really interesting as a starting point. um, That's a statistic, but also anecdotally I hear lots and lots of stories. I had one customer who had bought a house that needed renovation work um, and they had such a bad experience that they actually stopped working on their house and decided living in an unrenovated house was preferable than dealing with um, tradesmen and and that's kind of quite shocking really that you would make that choice and when tradespeople came along they got in contact and said that was the first time they'd felt safe enough to take that next step yeah and
0: that safety thing like like you say with people coming to the home and the like because everyone's got like a horror story about you know trying to work with tradies but then if you also throw in some ingrained sexism and some kind of vulnerability uh, potential vulnerability yeah it must be must be you know, a really difficult experience for some people. Like, to t- Tell me about the values that you've um, got on the site and they're really prominent and kind of underpin a lot of what you're doing, which is also quite a cool and novel thing for a directory of um, service providers.
1: Yeah, so that's actually been a really big part of the equation for me. In fact, it's more important than the gender question because it's fundamentally about creating... Uh, something better and I realized that that's what was missing so I talked to lots of tradies and people who have hired them and together we built out a set of values and that was to ensure a safe and inclusive space for everyone and from there we built a code of care which um, is set up for both tradies and for people using the site and we ask everyone to uphold that if they use the directory and a lot of it is really simple stuff Um, for example respecting someone's home Um, providing clear written quotes, and then on the flip side, respecting tradies and especially women um, for their profession and expertise, uh, paying them promptly, things like that, which just makes it a a much nicer experience um, for both sides. And I think that's kind of what we're here for. That's, yeah, that really is the core of the project for me. And how's it
0: been for you personally in this? Um, did you ever expect to kind of be at the front of, um, you know, championing and, and, and bringing awareness to this bananas imbalance uh, in the industry and being able to help, you know, pro- provide a link to people on both sides? Yeah, how, how's it been for you to be at the front of this?
1: Um, I mean, I didn't go into it thinking I was going to be at the front of anything. I really went into it solving a need um, that I had and then my friends had and then I could see a wider group of people were thinking about. Um, And I think like most things, if I realised where something was going to lead, I'd probably not do it. My background isn't in the trades, as you've alluded to. So... um, But I think sometimes being an outsider is exactly what is needed to create meaningful change. And I've been so welcomed into the industry and I've learned so much. And I guess that's, on a personal level, uh, what drives me is to keep learning about different things. And I love meeting new communities. And so, um, I mean, it's been great, really. It's been such an amazing and humbling experience. How's reaction
0: been to the project? I mean, uh, are user numbers growing, are directory numbers growing really well like you'd like them to?
1: Overwhelmingly, um, it's been amazingly positive. So at the moment, the demand is outstripping supply, which is its own kind of challenge um, and something I really need to start um, balancing up as best we can um, in terms of, I guess, that lag between at people wanting people in um, all regions of the country um, and just not having enough people to do that work and it's always kind of heartbreaking for me to say I don't have someone yet for that project um, but we keep looking and it's just I mean that it's kind of a um, treasure hunt in a way yeah. that I kind of keep exploring and finding new people. Kia ora, I'm Sophie. And I'm Simon. And I'm Alice, and together we host the spin-off's food podcast, Dietary Requirements. Join us each month as we explore a vast culinary landscape, from the gourmet, Ooh la la. to your more hearty taka,
0: kiwi onion dip anyone?
1: everything's on the table in Dietary Requirements. Subscribe wherever you listen to all your other favourite podcasts.
0: wonder if there's an an element of build it and they will come like I wonder if there's many you know say a woman who's three years into her apprenticeship and going I'll stuff this I'm not going to keep working with these assholes (laughs) and then they see there's this directory and maybe they could choose who their clients were and only work with people they liked and maybe maybe they stay in the industry
1: yeah totally um I uh, met a woman Uh, quite early on when I was starting tradespeople, and she um, uh, she is a queer woman and got into building and did her apprenticeship with a company in which she felt that she had to hide her identity and who she was Um, left there and started working at another company um, which was worse and she was bullied and she left the industry for quite a few years, did a few other things, and then kind of realized actually that was her passion and she really loved being on the tools. And so she was just in the process of rethinking about how she could get back into the industry as tradespeople was just forming. And for her, that was such a breakthrough moment because she said, well, that's awesome. I can just do what I want to do. And you're kind of taking care of that um, marketing and connection side and having a pipeline of customers. And so she's now building and she's got her own company. um, And I actually had a a personal friend of mine um, hire her a couple of weeks ago and was just absolutely thrilled with her work. So it's awesome. It's really, it's so great to have, to see things being solved on both sides. Yeah,
0: that's so cool. Like actually creating a completely different experience and pathway in in the industry, which is which is a pretty cool thing to have thrown football like, into the world.
1: Totally. And I, I don't know if I necessarily thought about it in that way when I started because I really was just trying to solve my own problems. But um, I've had so many apprentices get in touch and say that it's really changed the entire way that they're thinking about their own careers. Um I guess the default is to work for companies um, and now quite a few of them have said well I'll, I'll just start my own business and do my own thing which is really cool and I kind of sometimes wonder whether the directory is almost slightly ahead of its time um, in terms of that kind of wave of apprentices coming through. Yeah because there is
0: a good, you know there's, there's a good story amongst some of the numbers out there in that in the big new wave of apprentices it's much more towards even between uh, male and female identifying people. Um, but what we've seen is that there's more attrition as a lot more of those non blokey blokes kind of fall out of the industry, hey? So I guess things like this are really important to, to show people there are those pathways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is so much focus on getting women into the industry um, and training them up. Obviously, there's the government-backed um, training schemes Um you can get into being into the trades for free at the moment, which is very um, compelling. But then it seems to stop. And I guess that's where tradespeople comes in. So it's really, I guess, because we're highlighting businesses, it's very much at that leadership and a career stage rather than kind of a training point. I mean, I also feel like there is a duty of care missing within the industry, which is where that value piece comes in um, for women, but also especially the rainbow community. And so that's something I'm really conscious about, um, and I can't solve that on my own, or a tradespeople can't solve that on its own. Um, so I'm starting to have those conversations with other industry bodies about what can be done in that area. So again, I guess um, where I started and where this project's going is probably two different things. And I guess
0: the directory also works for an apprentice who's thinking, I kind of want to work for an experienced builder who's... Y- y- you know, more more open and accepting uh, to the things that I care about. Maybe they can find places to apprentice through. Through yeah, the, that's uh, already yeah. happening.
1: And um, I was really fascinated too that I just assumed that women in the industry would know of other women, and I thought it would be quite easy to recruit lots of people because I figured I'd find one, and then I'd find ten more, etc. Uh, but that actually wasn't the case, and quite a few women um, have got back in contact with me who are listed and have said it's so great because now I know that there's a plumber that I can bring on a project or uh, there is um, an entire network that I can develop in Auckland that I didn't know existed. So that's been really cool to kind of see that cross um, community um, vibe existing as well. And if you've got to
0: see it to be it, and there's only 4% actually on the tools out there driving around in vans turning up to jobs, anything you can do to help to 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 showcase it has got to help in that in that extent
1: yeah totally i mean things are definitely changing but um for me it's really about uh, representation and every time someone can see themselves represented uh, it means they're part of the national story and that they matter and they're valued and people like them can be a part of that too Um, so when we start seeing different genders Or backgrounds um, as the norm within the trades, and not a token, we'll start seeing more diverse, safer, and healthier industries, and that's awesome.
0: How does this intersect with your day job? As you were saying, how you know the the experience as a designer helped you be able to kind of interrogate and set the strategy for the project and 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 think it through. As as this also isn't your first um, kind of uh, side hustle uh, outside of the day job, is it? With, With dog, dog, dog. Like, how important is it for your you know, tell us about the work that you do at Akin and, and how you know, being able to have these entrepreneurial ideas and turn these ideas into real functioning cultural things uh, works in with that.
1: Yeah, tradespeople is actually my fourth. So um, firstly, I co-own Akin with Tana Mitchell, and we've been in business for six years now, so that is a strategic design and, and branding studio. And both of us were really super passionate about doing our own thing, especially as women, because there weren't and still isn't a many women-run businesses in the creative sector either. Um, and so we have a, ver- a, a really wide range of businesses that we work with and clients that we partner with um, from really large projects with the likes of Warren and Marnie or Jib Plasterboard. Um, we do lots of packaging work, which you mentioned. We've just worked with Garage Project on the new Dirty Water Salter, um, All Good Switchel and their oat milk, um, and then lots of cultural projects. We work with the Auckland Art Gallery, Govet Brewster, um, Paris, Georgia, the fashion label lots of things we can't talk about um so I really have always really enjoyed the fact that as part of my job I can jump into a completely new industry and learn about it um and kind of do a deep dive and then jump in and do something else and I think there's a really nice coalescence between all of those projects big and small um and the different people that you get to meet um so that's that's definitely my day job and that's what I do um kind of nine to five most of the week. Um, We've actually dropped down to four days a week at the moment so that both Tana and I can explore projects outside of our own practice which has been really rewarding in so many ways. Um, Dog 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 is our literal pet project. Um, It's an online store of well-made dog products and that started for a few reasons that um, we kicked that off together about a year after starting Akin and That was, I mean, through a love of dogs, obviously, but also about making and being off the computers, which we're so often attached to. Um, And also we work with so many startups because that is the culture in New Zealand. Um, And as a design agency, that's kind of makes up the core of our clients. And we really wanted to kind of flip ourselves over and be on the other side of that equation and understand what it actually feels like to take something to market. Um, So that's been super helpful for our clients as well. And... Also, just a really fun and wonderful project to do at the moment. We are working on some leather dog leads that are braided um, and we're quite hands-on, so we do the the braiding ourselves. Um, We've also made ceramic dog bowls um, that are super heavy and your dog can't flip them over and they're really beautiful in your home. And we've collaborated with um, a friend's mum, uh, Maggie Nuttall, who is a potter, and she's making those. And I think all of that really, for me, is just about keeping things really mixed up and uh, taking learnings from one thing to another. Um, I also have, this is starting to sound like a very long list, um, (laughs) a project called Emma Makes, which uh, started after a particularly bad breakup. And someone told me that I should really process it through salt and I think they meant through sweating it out at the gym or crying, or maybe jumping in the ocean.
0: Like, more potato chips.
1: <laughs> yeah, eat, eat lots of salt, that's right. And I just <laughs> started salting things. Um, and I started with the classic preserved lemons, but now I have a whole range of preserves and things like red wine, cabbage kraut, zucchini, zucchini pickles, roasted fennel, um, and a marmalade that people seem to go nuts for. Uh, And that project for me was really um, part of me being quite interested in non-capitalistic projects and economies. So that is all by trade. People gift me backyard fruit um, and I give them things back in jars. And and a lot of it I just gift away because I think there's something quite beautiful about that. And I really find that I'm quite drawn to exploring projects that are through a lens that isn't strictly about traditional measures of success or profit or numbers or endless growth. Yeah, magic. And what what
0: would your advice be to someone who um who is a busy successful professional doing their thing and then they stumble across something that yeah needs a bit of championing and needs to be brought together and you know even if you're not necessarily kind of in the industry like, it must have been a real thing to, to, to kind of decide, oh, I guess, oh, I guess I'm guess just going to have to step in and do this. Like, yeah, what, what would be your advice to someone who um, has uncovered a, a problem that needs some solving and, and you know, to, to jump in and do it?
1: I think people who think like that will naturally have that motivation to do it anyway. Um, and I always feel slightly reticent about giving any advice because I still feel like I'm making lots of mistakes myself and kind of figuring it out as I go. Um, But I guess one thing that I think about is about taking your time and living with projects for a while. I think it's really tempting to kind of want to solve it or package it up really quickly. Um, But giving yourself and the project space to grow um, and iterate and being open to opportunities um, has a lot of value. Because they do take a lot of your time. (laughs) And then just to keep asking questions, which is probably good advice for life.
0: And as a final thought... What will success be for you, both in terms of tradespeople, like what would you like, where would you like to see that sitting in in the culture and society? And what will success be for you personally?
1: Yeah, it's really great that you've kind of pulled those out um, in two different directions. Um, I think that's something I've always been mindful as well, of um, making sure that your own success is looked after as much as the business or project. Um, So personally, success for me is much more about the much more visceral things in life, Um, to be in love, to love, to be loved, to having a bunch of eclectic projects um, which I can learn from, to be connected to and keep me interested. And also to enable me to do the things that I love doing, so the freedom to escape up north or to jump into a salty ocean, to share meals with friends, to see films, to read poetry under trees, to hang out with my family. I have two little, um, a niece and a nephew um, who are really young and I just love having hugs with them. So for, th- for me, it's really about keeping that at the core and the front. Um, on a business level, I think if you asked me what the numbers were, I'd start to feel like a failure, actually. So I have 60 businesses listed. Um, the website sees about 1,000 users a month. Um, I don't have turnover and I've sunk a lot of money into this. So <clears throat> again, that's kind of a lens that you could apply to it. Um, But, uh, and in in a very practical sense, um, the directory needs funding and listings and growth to make it sustainable. I've got some pretty big ambitions for it, both in terms of scale and reach, but also to sustain um, change within the industry. So I think that's really important. Um, But for me, success um, at the moment for tradespeople is the one-on-one success stories. Um, and I get so many amazing emails every week from people and they are so heartwarming and that really kind of motivates me to keep going. And I thought I might read a couple because it's a really nice thing to end on. Um, I'll keep them anonymous, but one says, I am one of the very few privileged people in our generation to own a home. We needed some structural stuff done and honestly, as a genderqueer person, I'm so uncomfortable trying to negotiate this space. The amount of ghosting, looks, uh, binary language that I've had to endure and masculinity in a really toxic way has honestly been exhausting. So tradespeople makes me feel safe. So thank you very much. Um, I had an email (laughs) from an architect who said that they were saying that this morning they'd really love to deal with more women in the construction industry. And um, we're just thankful that they had a place to find that. And on the other side, um, one of the people we have listed Sent me a little message yesterday who, to say, um, I've just started my first job as a completely self employed contractor through your directory, which means I have more freedom for how I work so I can finish un- university and do the things I want to do. And for me, that's what keeps me going.
0: Oh, it's so cool, Emma. Uh, thank you for coming and sharing your story today. That's Emma Kanyuk, who's the founder of Tradespeople, uh, co founder of Akin. Uh, and other projects too. Uh, if you're listening and there's some way that um, you can help out with the project, uh, you can get in touch with tradespeople through the website. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thanks, Simon. Thank you so much to Tina Tiller for producing, and thank you very much for listening. Cheers. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. Brought to you by the Spin Off and Callahan Innovation. From the Spin Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring. Brought to you by Spark Lab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on Spark Lab, visit sparklab.co.nz.